easier than Arnaldo Silva because you got to do the R. And so that's a little complicated. So I go by Arnold. Um, today with me is my wife, Michelle Silva. We've been married for 22 years. Uh, we have four children, uh, Michaela, Yana, Esteban, and Gabriel. Gabriel is starting to have calls, so they are at home right now. Um, we got married in Paraguay. I'm from Paraguay, South America, between Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, and Bolivia, right there in the middle. It's a landlocked country, so we don't have a way to go in the sea, right? Um, and, and, and so, but still, I, I was born there. I married there. And then from there, we went together in Brazil for three years. Uh, and then because of our uh, kids, the Lord led us here. Uh, in the United States. Uh, 19 years ago, we thought we were going to come only for one year. And then uh, the doctor told us, no, you're going to need to stay for another five years. And then they said, you're going to need to stay for another five more years. So, and we are here right now. The Lord let me be able to do my master and about to finish my doctorate here. So he had been very gracious to me and to our family. And for me today is a privilege to be here with you guys. And thank you for your patience. I know my English is not the best. I have this accent and I actually like it. And so um, I, I, but still I'm going to go very slow. And we're going to be in Matthew. So if you would like, please go with, in your Bible, in your phone, in your iPad, in your computer, in Matthew. Matthew, we're going to be in chapter 6, verse 25 through verse 30. This is the most important sermon that Jesus preached or taught. Matthew 6, when he taught the lesson that we have here, he was in the Sea of Galilee. Actually, the Sea of Galilee is a huge lake. You can see from one side to the other, the mountains all around. From one side is all desert. And from the other side, you have trees, you have flowers, you have birds going around. It's a beautiful place. I had had the privilege of being in Israel like seven to eight times. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's a beautiful place, the Sea of Galilee. So when Jesus said those words, he was right there in the sea of Galilee. And the, the, the title of my, of my teaching today is, What Should I Do When I Feel Anxious? And that is what we're going to be studying in, verse, in chapter five, 6, verse 25 through 35. The word anxiety is used six times. In the whole book of Matthew, it is used seven times, and right here we have six of them. So that, that, that means that Jesus wants for us to learn something. And, 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 and the theme that he wants us to learn about is anxiety. So what do we do when we go through anxiety? Today we're going to be studying. Let's pray and let's ask God for his help. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you very much for the opportunity that we have to be here this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for saving us through Jesus Christ. And thank you that here 
we are not by ourselves when we have to go through struggles. When we feel alone, when we feel like nobody cares for us, when things happen the way that we do not plan and we feel anxious. And I pray that this morning your word might be our teacher, in one that teaches us, instructs us. Help me only to point what you said to us. And I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. All right, our society, our city, I work as a chaplain. Uh, one of the places that I used to work is in the Spartanburg Medical Center. And it's, it, it is amazing how our people, our city, our society is suffering like never before because of anxiety. Statistics show us that today there are more people dealing, struggling with, with anxiety than the Great Depression, than the time of the Cold War. They're dealing today more than when they, we, they, they went through the Second War. It is said that in our country there are more than 80, 40 million people suffering because of anxiety. That means that one in every eight people, there is one going through this battle. It's very hard because it makes you feel like nobody cares for you. Make you feel empty, alone, isolated. Anxiety grew 70% in the last 25 years, and the pill for anxiety or depression have grown 400% in the last 30 years. That is a lot. That is a lot. And social anxiety is one of the leading causes that many teenagers are hurting themselves, and some either even go to commit suicide. Now, those are our children. Those are our nephew, our grandchildren. Those are people that we love. And some of them, we are some of them. So the question is then, how do we deal with that? Is there a biblical instruction on what to do when we go through anxiety? Yes, there are. Sadly, there are just so many Christians that they do not know what to do when they go through hard time. And anxiety is so hurtful, so painful. That is why I believe that our loving God, our good God, he was very clear in what we should do when we go through hard time and then we feel worried and anxious about it. So uh, this morning I want to go through with you through three points and on how to deal with anxiety. 
The first one we're going to find in verse 25. Verse 25 is going to tell us what to do when we go through anxiety. What is the first thing that we have to do? And it is very interesting. If you go to verse 25, uh, Matthew 6, 25 said, Therefore, I tell you, who is I right there? Is Jesus. So this is the word of God. This is Jesus Christ telling whom? You. You are his disciple. You right here is you. So Jesus is telling you, he said, therefore I tell you. Tell you what? What did he say? Do not. Do not be what? Do not be anxious. Or do not be in King James to use the word worry. If this is very interesting because in the Greek, in the Greek, there are two words for the negative, for the no. This one is O, mean no in Greek, and the other one is me, M-I, even look like it, is me means no. When the word me, no, negative, it is used with an imperative verb, it means stop. Whatever you're doing, or whatever you're going through, stop. You have to stop. So right here, we have the word in Greek, uh, the negative preposition, me, no. And the word anxiety or worry is in the imperative, right? Therefore, what Jesus is telling his disciples is, I'm telling you, stop being worried. That means that it is okay sometimes to feel worry. You're going to go through anxiety and be anxious. But what Jesus is saying that you should stop. Yeah, you should do something. Do not be suffering because of that. God loves you so much. He do not want you to suffer because of anxiety. Because of anxiousness. So therefore, he said, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. And it is very interesting, the word life. The word life right here is not life in heaven. It's life on earth. So do not be anxious about the life right here on earth. And he's going to go to say what you will eat, life on earth. Or what you will drink, nor about your body, life on earth. What you will put on is not life. Imagine that, life, your life, your earthly life, your rest, you. Your life is not your life more important than food. And your body, that's you. This is what you have to see. Is your body and your life are more important than food and what you, your clothing. For God, you are very important. And anxiety will hurt you. It's going to make you sweat. It's somehow, sometimes going to make you feel things in your stomach, and you're going to feel bad. You're going to throw out. You're going to have headache. It's going to hurt you. And you have been made in the image of God. 
And therefore, he loved you, and he do not want any of you to suffer because of that. And he said, therefore, stop hurting yourself because of anxiety or anxious thoughts. I remember one day I went to visit an old lady at the hospital. I went... And not on her room. She let me come in. Went in. And she was um, tearful. And I asked this beautiful old lady. I asked her, what is, what is going on? And she said, I do not know. Oh, okay. I do not. And so I was trying to, you know, have her say what is, you know, and, 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 and then I asked, so how, how do you feel? And she said, well, I think I feel anxious. And how did that feel like it? I asked her. You know what she said? It is painful. And then I asked her, so then what is what, 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 what is making you feel painful? Is there something, a thought or something? When I said that, she started crying. Now the tears, now what she was crying. And this is the question that I like to ask. I ask her, if the tear would talk, what would that tear say? And she said that, I am missing my son. We had a fight with my son, and I love my son. I haven't been able to see him for the last 10 years, and I miss him so much. And I'm feeling this anxiety that I might die without being able to see him. You see, anxiety hurts you. Some people feel like that because they're about to lose their job. Or because their son, the only son is going to get married next month, month, and then all of a sudden you're going to be alone without David in your house. And that's going to be so painful. <laughs> so Jesus said, it's okay. It's, it's okay to have those feelings, but it is not okay to keep and live in suffering there. And so the question is, what should I do, Right? What can I do then? Is there a pill that I can have or something? If you go in the hospital, they're going to help you. But we're going to go more. Sometimes you got to go. You have to go to the hospital if you're having a hard time with anxiety. It could be because of physical things. 20% actually is the research says. But 80% is emotional and spiritual. And so right here, Jesus then is going to tell us what to do. Very easy. So what is the first thing that you have to do? You have to stop and then you second. Go, go again in, in Matthew, Matthew verse 26. In Matthew verse um, 26 and 27, he's going to tell us what to do. It's very easy. God is so good with us that he tells us exactly what to do. And it is not hard. It's not costly. You don't have to pay anything. Nothing is great. 
So look, verse 26 says, what then you have to do? What is the first word? Look at the bird on the earth. Look. This is not a suggestion, subjunctive. It's an imperative. It's a command. God is telling us, Jesus is telling us, when you feel this way, why are you suffering because of that? When then Jesus, what do I have to do then? Well, you have to stop. And then, then you have to look. Look at creation. Look at the beauty around you. Look at the birth. But I don't have time to stop. I got to work. I have three children. All of them, we have four children. And like a month ago, all of them were teenagers. Fun, a lot of fun. I do not have time to stop. (laughs) Well, that might be the problem. Because God is telling me, Arnold, you need to stop and look around you. It's not everything about you. Look around you. And then he's going to tell us what to do. Look, verse 26, look at the birth of the air. They neither saw nor reap nor gather in barns. Sometimes we worry about saving so much money. They don't do none of those kind of stuff. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Look at this. Are you not of more value than they? Yes, you are. Yes. He gave his only begotten son for you. He came here for you. And once you give your life to Jesus, he's going to give you the, his, the Holy Spirit, God. And he's going to come and live with you. Therefore, you, you are of much more value than the birth. And even though they're beautiful and have all those colors and, you know, and you are more valuable. And then verse 27, and which, and I'm sorry, I didn't, yeah, are you no more valuable than then? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? We can't do anything. About what we are worried about or anxious about. But God can. You see the birth? They don't, they don't, they don't. I'm not saying that they do not work because they do work. (laughs) But the verse is telling us that they do not reap or gather in barns and God take care of them. And if God take care of them, That means that he will take care of whom? Much more he will take care of you. Because you are of more value. But you have to stop and look. And enjoy the beauty of God's creation. Now secondly then in verse 28 is going to tell us the second thing that we have to do. What is the second thing that we have to do? Then first one, first you have to stop, right? You have to stop. And then you have to look at the birth, God creation. And third, in verse 28, what is the third thing that we have to do? And why are you anxious? 
Do you see how many times the word anxious or worry is there? It depends which version are you using. Many times. Now, let me ask you something. Let's say that Jesus is right here, right now, and we, he's saying to you, uh, verse um, 28, why are you anxious? And do not add the other part. Why are you anxious? Let's just respond that question. Why are you anxious? Let's say that right now Jesus is here between you and Jesus, and Jesus is asking you, why are you anxious? What will you say? I'm anxious because of my son, because of my health, because of my dad, because of my work. Many people go, my, maybe I'm the next. Why are you anxious about? In this case, it's something specific, and it said, why are you anxious about clothing? Now, sometimes we're anxious about clothing, and, and, and then he's going to say what we do. So what we should do when we feel anxious, in this case, about clothing, on my case, could be about health, or could be about my work, or could be about my kids. So first, I have to stop. I have to look. Third, what do I have to do? Consider. You have to think about. You have to reflect. So to reflect, to think about what? It's going to go on and say, consider the lilies, the flowers of the fields. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you. You, that is emphatic. I, God, Jesus, your creator, the ones that know you more than anybody else. I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of this. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe, take care of you, of you of little faith? And the answer is what? He, yes, he will. He will. And he is able. Because he has the power that we don't. He has the ability that we lack. He is able to help us. Now, let me ask you a question. If you think about those three things. So, now, now he's, he's telling us how to deal with this. I don't know how many we are right here, right now. Let's say that we have 80 people. One of 80. So, that means that probably there are around 10 people right now that you're dealing with, with anxiety. You know, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're so worried that you cannot even enjoy life. God gave you kids. He gave you a house. He gave you a car. I mean, car is a blessing. And listen to music. Music is so good, especially if I can put it all the way up. You know, tan, you know. So, sometimes what anxiety does is just 
steal you of joy of the things that God gave you because he loved you and because he cared about you. So the devil is so smart that he's going to try to keep you. He's going to try to have you in the jail of anxiety. And so you will get older and older and older and older. And then you're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, man, I wish I can be again 30 years and have my kids when they were five, six, seven. What happened with me? So God do not want that for you. He, he told you what to do when you feel anxious. So what you're supposed to do, you have to stop. You have to look at creation. You have to consider, reflect. And in all of that, of course, you're praying and talking to him. What does that look like? There is one word that for the Puritan was a biblical, theological art that we in our generation, we lost it. And that is, that looked like to me, like a meditation. Now, we do not like the word meditation because of Buddhism and Hinduism and New Era today. We're like, a, I'm not saying, do this. No, 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 no. We're not, we're not talking about, you know, this type of meditation. We're talking about biblical meditation. If you're going to ask Jesus, what is biblical meditation? He's going to, he's going to tell you, you have to stop. So now you're worried. You're anxious. So you have to stop. The way that I stop is by breathing. You know, I like soccer. So when we run in, and then we get anxious sometimes, you know, tired, we have to. The way that I many times stop is by breathing. But then Jesus said you got to go out probably in your, in your deck and just stop right there. Breathe or do whatever. Maybe listen to some type of music. Just, just stop for a minute. And then look around. Just see the beauty of God's creation. Maybe that birth is going to come. And then maybe you see the flower or some kind of plant. Beautiful. And you have to think and stop and reflect and consider. If God is taking care of all of this, he will take care of me. And the devil is going to come and say, no, 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 no. That's not right. You are 26 years old. All your friends already got married and you haven't gotten married yet. You don't even have a boyfriend. You're going to get old. You're not going to have kids. You're going to finish the life by yourself. And your mind's going to go again like a 120 mile and the highway. And, and there is a sign that's telling you, stop, stop. Calm down around put a music the psalm you gotta read the psalm the word meditation if you go and read one uh, psalm 129 the word meditation is like 15 times and you have to meditate in creation in the word of god 
in his goodness. And that is going to do something in you. It's going to change you. If you're a believer, it's going to help you. Then to stand up and go do whatever you have to do. Now, why am I saying that it's going to work? Because I didn't put these things together. Who say that we have to do this when we're worried or anxious? Jesus says, he says, I tell you. Now, if David were here, he would say Psalm 145, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, creation, I will meditate. If you would ask Joshua, Joshua, what's what the secret of you? I mean, you were the captain. I mean, you probably were so busy. How do you get to do what you did, man? And then even said, me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. What is your secret? He probably is going to tell you, well, I don't, somebody told me the secret. And that is in Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. Day and night. Cumberwall, the Puritan says, meditation applies, meditation heals, meditation instructs. Another Puritan, William Bridge, he says, meditation is that intense application of the soul into something. The Bible got creation. Where a man might do ponder the well and fix upon for his own benefit or profit, which in turn lit him to the glory of God. Do you want to experience that? Sometimes you have to just stop and look. Consider. You are very valuable to God. He will take care of you and give it to him your heart, what worry you, your mind, and he will do a miracle. He did with David. He did with Joshua. He did with so many others. It works. I'm telling you, it works. About two weeks ago, I was in my house. I was going. I, I like to study one hour every day, and then our service is Sunday evening. So I like to wake up early in the morning uh, on Sunday. And, and read and memorize what I'm going to say, go, you know, my, my main point, the verses and everything, and just, just get ready. And so that way when I go to preach, I feel like, uh, you know, I have everything here, you know. Like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, uh, my, I, have a, I got a text from my, from my brother, and he said, uh, so-and-so, Esther, my, my sister-in-law, Esther, uh, is, is, she's, she, she's going to die in the next day or so. Uh, my brother and another person went to the hospital to be with her. And, and, 
the first thought that came to my mind, man, she's not a Christian. I mean, I, I don't know if she's a Christian or not. You know, on my family, they're Catholic. And, and so I don't know if she had, had had an encounter with Jesus. And so I, I remember right there getting worried, you know, getting anxious and getting, man. And, and my focus was everywhere right now. I, in my mind, I went to Paraguay. I went in the hospital. I went everywhere. I was going 120 miles per hour in 385. <laughs> and I was starting to preach this um, the first part, in actually, we only went one verse that day. And I remember thinking, I need to stop. I need to stop. I said, God, please help me. I need to, I need, I need to concentrate. I, I need peace. I need to stay still. You know what I did? So I knew those verses already. I was, you know, in my mind and in my heart. So... I went outside in my, in my in our porch, sit down there. It was maybe six in the morning, six thirty, seven in the morning, and man, it is so beautiful. You know, Sunday morning there is no even traffic over Wayhampton over there where we are, it's, and the birth without, and, and the song was so cool, you know. And I just remember praying, God. Forgive me for not being more out there with the gospel with my brother. God, right now I'm kind of worried about my sister. I wish I can be there to share the gospel with her. Oh, God, help me. I need to be, I need to be relieved of this worry in my mind. I need to study. I need to get ready to serve you this evening. And then I, I uh, opened my eyes. Okay, I didn't say in the name of Jesus, but I guess sometimes that's okay. So I opened my mind. I was looking around. I just stayed there for about maybe five minutes, ten minutes. And then something came to my mind. It said, send a message. And so, yeah, I never thought about it. That's a good idea. I don't know, what a good idea. No, that came from God, you know. And so I opened this WhatsApp there. They have a WhatsApp, and I told my brother, I'm going to send you a WhatsApp message. Can you please put it on her ear? And so I'm going to pray with her and read some verses. Is that okay with you? My brother said, yeah, of course. So I did that. Took maybe three minutes, read some verses. I pray with her. I know because I, I, I deal with people that are dying every day. And so I know that they can sense that sometimes they can listen. And so I just went and did, told her the gospel and told her if she wants to give her life to Jesus. And then I pray. And I don't know how things work. The only thing that I know is that he is our creator. After I did that, my brother maybe after five minutes sent me another message say, thank you. She listened and I listened too. <laughs> Man. I was good. I was ready to go back in my computer, study, memorize, pray, and get ready. I'm telling you, to stop, look, consider, pray, meditate will help you when you feel anxious.
Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for giving us instructions on what to do when we are going through difficulty. When our heart is heavy, when our mind is wandering about things and all of a sudden is we're getting hurt physically, we're getting headache, sometimes stomachache, and sometimes just we can't enjoy what we have around us. And you're so good to us. So help us, help all of us to be able to, to rest and find comfort and strength in you through meditation. To be lifted up by your word and your Holy Spirit. Help us. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.